Welcome to our Perimenopause What the F podcast, brought to you by the Perry community. In this podcast, your host, Rachel Hughes, talks everything, and we mean everything, perimenopause. She helps us navigate through all our What the F perimenopause moments and all, is this normal? Questions. Rachel talks with perimenopause experts, thought leaders, and inspirational voices of the community. To connect with other perimenopause warriors, download our free Perry app. You can find the link in our show notes. And now, let's dive right in. Hey everyone, this is Rachel Hughes of the Menno Memos here with another episode of Perry Talks, where we like to deep dive into all things perimenopause and menopause, bringing you the science and the sisterhood. Welcome, welcome. Today I am speaking with award-winning journalist, television anchor, and most recently a menopause taboo smasher, Tamsin Fadal. I've known of Tamsin for a long time, watching her on New York's Channel 11 News, and you may know her from TikTok, where she blew open the conversation on and about menopause, opening wider a dialogue for all of us when she shared her challenges, and importantly, her midlife wins. This is going to be a great hour. I know it. For future episodes, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And now let's get started. Um, okay, Tamsin Fidal, author, award-winning journalist, anchor, and now menopause taboo breaker, podcaster of Coming Up Next, which is fantastic, where you talk with all kinds of leaders in the world of beauty, menopause, business, career, and reinvention. You're also the host of the Broadway show, which is the only nationally syndicated weekly theater news program Personally, I think it's just the coolest thing. I, I love that you do this. We have such fun with it. We have it's so, fun. I can't even imagine how much fun. Um, so welcome to the Perry community. I, there's so many different things to talk about and, and people were chiming in with just a wide range of questions. And I, I, I kind of sort of honed in on several, but certainly one thing that stands out to me um, about you is is this 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 notion that you've sort of encapsulated about getting bolder, and I wonder if you can talk about that a bit. Um, I think we all we all sort of intuitively know what that is about and what it might mean and what it might look like. But I also know that so many of us in midlife or might feel sort of stuck in various yeah. ways. And yeah. so I wonder if you could speak to that some. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I do too. You know, I, I feel stuck too. Oftentimes I, I think I realized when I was coming into, um, I didn't even realize I was coming into this place where I kept going. Now what, what am I supposed to do next? Who, who am I supposed to be serving? Is it, you know, is it, is it, you know, what I thought I was going to do in my twenties and thirties? Is it who I want to be when I'm 60? Like I didn't know what to do. And I, I really had to spend some time with myself and I, I got to say quiet time is really scary. <laughs> Because you hear all sorts of things that some you don't want to hear, and some you yes. need to hear. Um, but you know, I needed to kind of spend that time with myself to to say, 
what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And who do you want to be helping? And that was important to me to be able to be bold because I, I think if I'm being bold for myself, it's, it's um, not so easy. If I'm being bold for somebody else, it made it a little bit easier. And so, you know, I've been a conduit of information my whole life. I do interviews. That's what I do. I take someone's story and I introduce them to other people who haven't heard about that story yet. And, um, and that's what I feel like I'm doing in this space right now. So for me, uh, being bold meant, you know, doing things maybe that I, I wasn't comfortable with outside of my comfort zone, having conversations about things that weren't necessarily things I thought I'd talk about aging, yeah. menopause, perimenopause, yeah. you know, what, what it feels like being afraid as we get older. And, um, you know, I think the other thing is, is that time is precious right now. And it's not just because of the pandemic and it's not just because of, of, of maybe anything with it we've dealt with in our own lives. But the truth of the matter is, is we're only here for a certain amount of time. And so I keep running up against this phrase, live your someday today. So that's what I'm yeah, trying I to do. That. I love I'm not that. Say someday, someday, someday. I'm trying to make that be t- you know, today or tomorrow. Hopefully yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> I love that. And I so appreciate hearing that boldness may come or may be born of a desire to help other people. That's a really <laughs> significant kind of shift. We're in such a me, 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 self, self, self kind of time and sort of reframing it and having that be the motivation to step out and do something unexpected or something you've always wanted to do on behalf of others is, is really lovely. Did you, so, so like, as you said, aging, menopause, perimenopause, these were not things that, well, let me ask first, actually, did you know that you were in perimenopause? We'll go back to perimenopause when you were. No, I didn't even know the word. I never even heard of the word perimenopause. Yeah. And so, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know. I just knew that I was gaining weight, didn't feel like myself, um, and was having. I was having a hard time um, reading words, but not seeing them. I could see the words, but I couldn't process what the words were. Right. So I just didn't have any retentions. So a word that I would know, you know, forever. A word like I don't know. I don't have printer ink here, like cartridge, whatever it is. I I'd, right. I'd look and I'd be like, I don't know that word, and I would just skip wow. it, like in the television. Or, or it wouldn't come to me. And I found myself, I found myself on the air, usually when I would be very talkative after between a story, feeling a little more uh, intimidated. I'd feel a little more closed off, a little more afraid of not being able to continue a conversation because my brain fog was so bad. So that was all perimenopause. I have come to find out. I had no, no idea. Um, I had no idea any of that. I knew this is all I knew really. I knew that women after 50 went into menopause, they got hot flashes, um, they stopped having their period. And um, I'm trying to think what else I knew about it or thought about, oh, and that I shouldn't take estrogen. That's all I knew. That's it because my mother died of breast cancer. And so that was, that is a, that is a, you know, this big of what I, what I should know. And most of it's wrong. So I didn't know that until I um, ended up having those problems with the, the teleprompter, feeling some different symptoms, not being able to sleep. I was having terrible insomnia, like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, not being able to go to sleep. My body was just revved up. And um, and then I had an incident in the studio where I had anxiety and hot flash and heart palpitations and, and um, nausea, and it all came on at the same time. And so somebody helped me off of the set and I landed on the floor of the bathroom, like trying to take your body down and cool yourself down. And, um, 
that's when I went on the journey to start like literally that Monday. Like I need to figure out what, what is going on because I was always scared of cancer all the time. That was sure. always what I, in the back of my head, that was what was there. And so I went on this journey to find out, you know, what was happening to me. And I was put on antidepressants and I was put on, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, have a diet where you're eating better. Okay. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I went through back to my, gyne- uh, my gynecologist and they, they did blood tests and they said, Oh my gosh, your levels. Oh, you're, you're in uh you're menopausal. Any questions if that was in my patient portal. And I remember reading it going like, what do I have any what? questions? Yeah. What? Yeah. And yeah. so and I was very, I was very upset by it too, because I thought oh, this is this whole other stage of my life. Like I thought I had all this time left and now I'm in menopause. Like that was literally what I thought. And, um, and so that's where I, you know, I learned as so many other women do as they're going through it, you know, where, where they end up. So perimenopause was not a word. And part of the, my mission is to make sure that there are not other girls like me that, you know, kind of like trudge along, not knowing what's happening and then wind up, I don't know, on the floor, on the bathroom <laughs> floor. Yeah. Tam, how long, how long, uh, how long were you in perimenopause? Do you estimate? And well, because you're finding out when you, I'm sorry, when you got this doctor's. Yeah, note, I was in menopause by then. You, sure. you were post-menopausal then. I was already post-menopausal. Wow. Um, I had endometrium polyps. And so mm-hmm. for a very long time, I had uh, problems with, with bleeding. So I didn't have okay. the 12 months you're going to, you know, your period stopped after 12 months. I never had that. I had a couple of different surgeries to get the, the polyps removed. Um, so I would, I would say three years, maybe if I, if okay. I go back and I look at, at the surgeries and everything, cause I didn't have periods. I was just bleeding constantly, wow. but I think that the, you know, peri perimenopause, I mean, that's kind of where it was. I, I didn't have any, no one had said in any kind of blood test that, that, you know, that I was postmenopausal at that point until, mm-hmm. uh, 2019. 2019. Yeah. And then, and then, so you started this journey to educate yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, and, and, and then solve things, you know, and kind of solve, uh, yeah, I, I never wanted to go on HRT. That wasn't what I was planning to do. So I was trying to solve it with supplements and, and figure out, you know, what I could do that was best for me in terms of eating and diet. And the journey was for me. And then I wound up, um, talking to some different people. I thought, gosh, other people need to hear these conversations with these doctors that I was able yes. to do. And so that's where I started the podcast and the podcast yeah. was coming up next. Cause I didn't want to call it menopause. Cause I was like, what if I don't want to talk about menopause? Mm-hmm. Out loud? I didn't want to say the word. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I wound up talking about most, most of the guests have been about menopause as it turns out. And, um, then I went on TikTok to talk about it and that's when things just, and really, then it just blew up. Yeah, it was, it was not what I expected, but I didn't want to be on, I, you know, again, I was very intimidated by the whole thing. And I thought Instagram, oh gosh, it's everything's everyone's so like, there's a lot of expectations there, but this thing over here on TikTok, not everybody, <laughs> I don't know anybody over there yet. So Interesting. That's when I started there. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then, and so I'm just thinking when you, you know, you hit this, this point and you start to share and you start to, to get educated, um, what was next? I, I guess I'm curious too about your HRT. I was going to sort of ask you this later, but since you brought it up, um, yeah. If you can kind of share with us your journey to HRT, mm-hmm. I know your mother it was influential in not wanting to take it. Can you talk a bit about that? 
Yeah, you know, I didn't have information. I didn't have the right information. So somewhere in the back of my mind, I thought, oh, estrogen equals bad for breast cancer, period. My mother had an estrogen-based breast cancer and she had a very aggressive form. And um, and that was all I knew about it. That's all I knew about it. And I thought, oh, don't, don't eat a lot of soy products. Don't eat a lot of estrogen. Yeah. You know, that was what my concern was. Yeah. And um, and then I, I did go to a... Um, a uh, endocrinologist. And she said, you know, as soon as I'm able to get on hormones, estrogen and progesterone, I'm totally going to do it because it'll make me look younger and feel better. And I was like, Oh no, not for me. Mm -hmm. I said, I can't do that. Cause my mom had breast cancer. And she, she goes, well, let's look at that. And so she, she actually took out a calculator and was it calculating like my level of risk, but there's actual real formulas, I guess that do sure. that. And, um, she said, you know, you can be on a, a dose of, 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 a patch and a progesterone pill every night. So I took them from her office. Then I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. So I waited probably, probably almost a year, maybe 10 months, a year. And then I wound up doing all of these interviews, talking to different people. And I came across Dr. Tara Allman, who had written a book and also had a practice in New York. And I went into her and I said, I'm having, like, I was just miserable. You know, I just couldn't get it together. I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I couldn't wake up. I couldn't, didn't want to work out. I was eating terribly. I was gaining weight. I was having a lot of brain fog, which scared me the most for work. Yes. And uh, she said, I don't, I'm just, let's sit and talk about this because there was a study in 2002. And then she went in and explained to me, you know, what the study was and what's been debunked since that study and what I didn't understand. And so I started on um, HRT, I think it was in April of last year. And I've been on a little over a year now and it's, you know, it's changed my life, but I'm aware that there are women that cannot take it. Yeah. Um, you know, my mother would have been one of them had she survived breast cancer. She wouldn't have been able to take uh, hormones. And yeah. I did watch her go through this process of being hot all the time and not feeling good. And I thought it was chemotherapy. I had no idea, but she was put into a surgical menopause. So, um, I went on it and I, it's, it works for me. And I, and I talk about it and I was a little hesitant to do that because I know there's been a lot of controversy yeah. around it, but I also think there's a lot of misinformation around it. So I feel like if I can fix the misinformation part, that's my role. Yeah. I completely get that and was very much on the fence about it. And like you, the brain fog was beyond what I could handle. And I did start taking it recently. It's only been a few, three months for me, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. And I think too, that to your point that educating others is critical either way, you know, in all things, like whichever yeah. sort of camp you not camp. I, I think that's the wrong one. Whatever boat you decide to, to take off in, you know, yeah. you be educated about it. Um, Tamsin, you, you've spoken about this a bit, but if you can expand a bit more, several people asked how work was impacted by your symptoms. You've talked about terrible brain fog and sort of processing words or inability to process words. Um, can you expand a bit more and, and I guess sort of take us through how it is for you now? It sounds oh, like it's yeah. significantly better. Now I read most of the words in the prompter. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was having, I was having problems like pulling words, right. Uh, when I was talking, so I'd have a sentence and then I'd be, uh, I'd stand there mm -hmm. and like, I don't know where that came from. So I thought, oh gosh, just haha, -ha, my memory, I'm getting older. And then I had some, um, 
situations on the air where I would literally look at a word, whatever the word is around, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't trigger what that word was. And that's where it got scary for me because that's my job. But I the only, my job is to read words. And so, um, so that was scary for me. And, and I was, um, uncomfortable when I had to get on, you know, I was nervous about getting on the, the air and doing that. And it's not something you go tell people. So people is like, I got you. Is that any better? Yeah, oh my gosh. I don't know what happened. That's it's so a, yeah, sorry. It's probably, you know, it's probably the storm or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably my lack of technology. No. Um, <laughs> No worries. So I, I was having a tough time and I, it wasn't something that, you know, you say to your boss, like, I can't, I can't read the yes. words on the teleprompter anymore. Yes. Um, so that was, that was hard. And I, and I, and I've talked to a lot of women that said like, I, I'm sitting in a board meeting, I'm having a hot flash and don't know what to do, you know, or my heart's racing out of control. And I feel like, you know, it's dismissed as an anxiety attack. And I, I feel for every one of these people that uh, when I get these kind of comments, cause it, it's, um, it's really hard. It's very, and I, scary. I understand it. It's very scary. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I'm switching gears now for a moment. Mm-hmm. Your last book, 2015. Yes. The new yes. single. Yes. yes. Finding, <laughs> finding, fixing, and falling back in love with yourself after a breakup of, or divorce. Several people wanted me to ask you about this topic. And, it, and they, they didn't have sure. sort of specific questions, but, but I, I, I already had this down. So I'm, okay. I'm going to go on with my question. Um, so, so yeah, so there's many women who are going through divorce or going through breakups sure. or, um, you know, looking for someone new to share their lives with. Um, you are a newlywed. Congratulations. I am. <laughs> Congratulations. And, and so I'm wondering if you can sort of give us maybe a personal peek behind your emotional process and also uh, emotional process, sort of writing the book and all of this content that you were experiencing personally, and also wanting to to share with other women. Um, A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of interest in this. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Well, I wasn't intending to write a book on divorce because I wasn't intending on being divorced, but uh, you know, I hit my 40th birthday and um, realized that the marriage was not working out. It was not going to be, you know, part of my future. And, um, and that was a hard one because I had waited to get married later in life. You know, that Mm. was my first marriage. And, um, and so when I went through the divorce, I, I had, we had run a matchmaking company together um, I was going to ask you that. I, I saw that. <laughs> Did you really in the city? Yeah. Yeah. yeah in the wow. city. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, and so I, the last thing I want to do is say like, Oh, Hey, those matchmakers are divorced. <laughs> yes. That's oh, I like, can imagine. it's fun. If you're a reporter, it's not fun if you're the subject, oh. but, um, but so that happened. And I just felt like after that, I needed to be honest about what I was going through because it was a, pretty public. It was in the papers and it was, I was just, I was, I went through a lot to get through it, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I had to go through a lot of like finding who I was again and taking life 90 days at a time and, and sorting out, you know, how to get to the next place. And then eventually meeting my husband, which I never, I never thought I was going to get married again. I said it, uh, I said it in any interview. I probably wrote it in the book. I don't even remember, but you know, getting married was not anything that I was planning on doing again. And, um, 
And I think I, I got to know who I was and what I wanted. And the, the person I'm with now, Ira, is not anybody I probably would have dated when I was 40 years mm -hmm. old. You know, he's like very got it together, grown up, got his geeky side. Um, and I, I learned who I was and I learned what was good for me and who I wanted to be with. And so I got married when I was 50 it, last year. So we're coming up on our one year anniversary. Mm. And um, yes, I said the menopausal bride every <laughs> once in a while, but that's the truth. <laughs> it's not a joke, even though it's funny. Um, but you know, I, I guess I feel like this, you know, and I've, I've done a couple of videos talking about divorce and I, I don't ever underestimate how difficult it is, how difficult it is to say I again versus we and how difficult it is to uh, admit to yourself and to other people that it didn't work or to, you know, I didn't have children, but to, to be sharing children and trying to figure all that out. But I do think at the end of the day that we know what's best for us. And I said, and I don't think you can second guess the decisions you make. And then when you decide that you are going to go forward, I guess the thing that I didn't do, which I'm happy is I wasn't trying to like fall into another relationship again. I was just trying to figure out who I was. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the book is about. So a lot of people thought I was going to give a bunch of dating advice. And really what I did in there was say, here are the, here's the roadmap that I took to go from feeling terrible about myself and feeling lonely alone to sorting out who I am and being open for love. Wow. That's fantastic. I think super inspiring. And I think actually probably the most important thing, which is to get to know yourself. And it's interesting in midlife, I find that there are things about myself that I'm, I'm sort of meeting for the first time. And at the same time, it's very familiar because this is who I am. It's just maybe not who I shared, was. if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 100% so it's, it's makes quite sense. different. It's quite 100% makes sense. Yeah, it, re it really is different. And it's also, um, it's nice to get to know who you are, you know, mm -hmm. and it's nice to know where you want to be and what you want to do. It's a, uh, it's scary too, but it's nice. Tamsin, you, you brought up sort of going through this divorce, your divorce in, in the public eye. And I read one, an article you had done, I, forgive me, I can't remember which it was, but, but it was sort of like couched under, um, you know, what's it, the question was something like, um, how is it aging in the spotlight or something like that? And, and like my first, like when I read it, I thought, oh, that's, I, you know, did they ask for that? You know, and then, and then, what? And, and then that's I a terrible thought, question. It's, it was like a weird question. And, and then I thought, well, the thing is, is that it's, it's very important to be talking about, right? We're, we, we're yeah. all doing it in one way or another, right? We're not doing yeah. it to your, to your degree, but we are aging in, in real time out in the world, in real life. And, and there's a conversation to be had about what that is like. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, one of the reasons that we all find you so attractive and so appealing is that you're sort of bringing us along, sharing all of it. And, and in this very, like, you're my girlfriends kind of way. And, and so <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we're rooting for you, but it's also very inspiring, I think, to us to sort of get out there with it. And I, I wonder sort Thank of, you. you know, you went through this stuff at, at work and then you 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 had a, a, a divorce and a reacquaintance with yourself and and a new marriage and um i'm 
all of that's happening, you know, in real time and in, yeah. in the public space. So what has that been like for you? Um, well, I, I guess I feel like some, I think we're all in the public space now, right? Cause of social. Yes. Um, but I do feel every once in a while, I, I look back and I'm like, where is that girl that used to wear those high heels and that skirt? What happened to her? Am mm -hmm. I like, what, what happened? Where did I go? I do think about that um, often. Um, I do also think that um, I'm learning along with everybody else. Like I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't think I was ever going to be on TV at this age. Like I, I was told in one of my earlier markets with a, a woman that that was somebody I really looked up to. She goes, you know, after a certain age, like you're not going to be a woman in television. Like, did you, you really you hear that? A hundred percent. I was in really? Philadelphia. A hundred percent. It was a coworker, and but she was right. She wasn't being mean. She was right. Sure. She was. Um, more big sistery to me, you know, she was saying like, look, at some point, you know, you're going to age out of this career because this career doesn't want a woman that is older. Mm -hmm. And traditionally you would see older men and a younger woman on mm -hmm. television. You'd see an anchor that had been, you know, the legendary male anchor who was there with like the next new girl that comes through. And look, I was the next new girl that came through at some point. I, I, we, you know, we all were, if we were coming into that business. Um, so I do think that it's totally different now. I mean, I think that I'm, I'm seeing a lot of changes, but I was always very nervous about it. And I still am to this day. Like I've had, you know, I've had some, not everybody looks at it, you know, night, aging is nice because a lot of times you don't want to see yourself. You know what I mean? You want to see something you're aspiring to. So I don't know that everybody wants to click on the television and see a 50, 50, almost 52 year old mm -hmm. woman there. They might want to you know, see somebody younger, but I think that we have, are living in this period right now where aging is something we're finally talking about and we're not hiding from. And it's the first time in ever that I brought up my age on television or talked about it. Like I was trying to hide that I was when I turned 50, um, but I'm really proud of it now. You know, I'm really proud of, look, is like every day my best life? No, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of days that sure. things are really, really hard. And there's a lot of days that I feel really intimidated or my eyes look droopy or, you know, I'm not who I was 20 years ago, but I don't know that I want to be because in, in some other ways I'm, you know, I'm proud of it. I'm, wow, I'm yeah. proud of who I am. Yeah. And I'm Thank proud you. of what we're doing is in a world, you know, I'm proud that you're having a conversation like this. I love that there is a company called Perry. Like yeah. people will be like, Perry, what, who is that? You know, that people didn't even, wouldn't even understand those kind of things five, 10 years ago. And so it's really nice to see that shift and that change. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, a, a, a community member asks, uh, which was easier going through a divorce or experiencing menopause? Oh gosh. <laughs> now I think the divorce was easier. Yeah. Um, I am also divorced. I, I feel like that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I think I, if you'd asked me three years, four years ago, I would have said the divorce is the hardest sure. thing I've ever been through in my life. Look on my list of things. I think my mother's death was the hardest thing I'd ever been through in my life. The second was menopause and aging. And the really? divorce is barely a blip on my radar right now. Yeah, because I think that um, uh, these were about, those were about the, the menopause is about me and, and the aging is about me. And it's, and it's really hard to figure out what's next and to figure out who, who you're going to be for the next 20 or 30 years. And, um, and so I think there's something really cool about it. I think there's something really scary about it, but 
I do know this, that I see incredible women that come out on the other side of the symptoms and stuff. And they're like that I breezed through. Yes. I forgot about that a long time ago. And that's who I want to be to, yeah. to everybody. I want to be that woman that is, is saying that to, to people that, Hey, you're going to get through it. It's a, it's a, not a disease. It's a part of your life. And when you do get through it, it's going to be even better than it was before. You know, I, I feel very, um, I, I feel like it's very important that we get off that script of like hard time in our lives. It's taboo. We never want to talk about it. So I feel like I, I want to be unscripted about that going forward. Like anything is possible. Anything is impossible. If you're intentional about it, anything is impossible. It is possible if you decide that that's what you want and age and menopause, hot flashes and not sleep or weight gain are not going to stop you. They're difficult and they're awful and they can make you feel like you're losing it, but they're not impossible to go through. Oh, that, that's, thank you for that. When you started to speak, I was thinking similarly that I often listen to or see women who are on the other side of menopause as someone yeah. on the other side of divorce. You know, I know that you can survive. It may not feel like it certainly, yeah. you know, in yeah. the day to day, but you, you are certainly going through something only to come out on the other side. And, and the point A you make about, percent. yes. And, and the point you make about, um, uh, sort of being careful with how we script this season is so yeah. critical. And I think about this all the time because there is this fine line of sharing what's really challenging and also yep. celebrating what's really dynamic and, and sort of not getting stuck in the mud with everything's hard and everything's terrible. And I feel really bad, but acknowledging that because that is, there's a lot of truth in that, but also sort of like moving ahead and trudging forward and figuring out sort of big picture questions and, and you are doing that. So, yes, I, I, well, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing and, and continuing to spread the word because I, I've got to tell you, there's so many people that don't know, you know, what, what, you know, or don't know what's next. And, and I want, I want them to be educated uh, about it. So they're prepared and don't feel lost and confused. Tamsin, I'm just thinking, do you feel any pressure um, sort of now that you've grabbed this conversation by the reins and really have sort of launched ahead of a large pack about it? Do you feel pressure from, I don't know, this large community of people going through perimenopause and menopause to sort of say it all? Or to not mess, to not mess it up. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no. But I think like, do you feel like I don't really want to share that? Or, you know, do I have to share this now? Or I don't know. Do you think of those things at all? I think I've gone slower. Yeah. Mm. I, but no, I, I don't feel pressure anymore about it. I did though. At one point I was like, oh, I'm not going to go on Instagram. Every once in a while, like today I'm thinking, should I post this on Instagram? Is this too much? Mm. But I, um, no, I feel excited that people do want to talk, you know, and I feel, um, uh, every once in a while, I feel, I feel like I do step back and go, am I being a hundred percent authentic about this? Or, um, do I need to tell people my inner, inner thoughts? Like, mm -hmm. and so I've been trying to do that because I think that that's the only way that we all, uh, learn from each other. So I, I'm trying not to be like, every day is great. Yeah, everything's great. Every day is no. not great, you know, <laughs> yeah. but some days are great. Yeah. But some days aren't. 
Yeah. And, um, and so I think that my pressure comes from me making sure, like I double check with myself, like, are you, are you saying this because you want people to just feel relaxed about it all? Or are you saying this because, you know, you know, that this is what they're, you know, you're going through and they, they should hear this. So thank you. Um, Yeah. Could you tell us just a few things that have been um, significantly helpful to you on aging, sort of about aging? And then I'm going to ask you about menopause and sort of the, you know, physical stuff about it, but, but what's been helpful to you to kind of return to on this topic? In terms of products or in terms no, of no, uh, well, we can talk products. I love talking <laughs> products, but <laughs> no problem I'm there. Like, I have a whole but, list of products. I um, but I, I meant sort of like, you know, embracing this idea that aging is not something to be feared. And I, oh. I thought of that just because you mentioned that, you know, menopause has been difficult, aging's been difficult. And yeah. so I wonder kind of what's helped you on the other side. Yeah. I I mean, I think I go back to what my core you know, belief system is, is that, you know, we're, we're not here forever. I know Mm -hmm. that I learned that at a very young age from my mother. Um, and that, um, every, every part of our lives, you know, we have some, we have something to give, right. Whatever the transition is. Like, I didn't think that my divorce was going to give me information to help people. I just thought it was this miserable time. I didn't think that, um, menopause, I didn't think was going to be anything I wanted to ever share. And so I, I guess with, with regard to aging and what I come back to is the fact that I have learned a lot. I feel like I've, I've developed much deeper relationships during this time because they're really based on, um, what I'm going through with a lot of people together, whether, whether they're younger or they're older, but I've, I've, um, developed very authentic relationships, which is really exciting to me. And I've realized there's room for everybody. And so that whole competitive thing is not there. And that's a huge waste of time. And, um, that I did, you know, for a long time in, in the TV news business. And so I, I feel, I go back to that quite often thinking like, wow, I wish I'd have known this when I was 20 years old. I wish I'd have known this when I was 30 years old hmm. because there's room for all of us. There's money for all of us. There's room for all of us. There's products for all of us. There's books for all, you know, we can, there's room for all of us there. And so I, I feel like I, those are the things I go back to. And then I also go back to the fact that I got married at 50 years old. Like who would have thunk, you know, I never, yeah. I had no idea I was gonna, you know, I think anything is possible. Like I didn't, I definitely didn't think that was possible and it happened. So yeah. I think How did you meet? possible. Can I ask that? Yeah. We met at the, um, at an elevator and at the fountain blue hotel in Miami. And okay. he was there for a um, conference and I was, just there. And I was there working on my tan. And, um, and he, he said, he was like, hello. And I, thought, oh. I, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Not now. I'm like, Whatever. And then he was really, he pursued me and it was oh. kind of cool. Like, you know, he's, he's a little bit, he's geeky. And yeah. so I, and I, so I love that part of him, but, uh, you know, he was very authentic and very, he knew who he was mm. and that made me feel safe and that made me figure out who I am. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. For I was that. never the girl that's like, I can't wait to wear a wedding dress. I'm right. like, Oh, a wedding <laughs> dress. But, um, but yeah, but he, you know, he said, I'm going to drag you to your fairy tale. That's what he said. He always said to wow. me for a long time. I'm like, what does that mean? That sounds weird. And he no. said, no, he goes, I want you to, I want you to live a fairy tale. And I was like, all right. 
And so, I think probably to me, I read it as he saw you as someone deserving of a fairy tale. Yeah, and whether it's you totally were, what he meant. Right. And whether like, you were resisting it or not, or like, <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered, whatever it was, he wanted to give you that. I right. And that. the suspicious journalist in me is like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean right? by that? <laughs> yes. Yes. Expand on that. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I, I don't want to keep, I know I, we have like 10 minutes with you. Um, okay. Give us your, uh, your, well, you brought up products. So I'd love to hear oh. a few that you, uh, that you okay. love. Let's say, uh, yeah. you know, you pick, pick a region that you're interested in, in sharing about skin, region, region. hair. Um, eyes are a big one for me because our eyes get droopy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell us. So, um, brows. Yeah, I, I do too. Cause I, you know, everything shows up, everything yeah. shows up. So I do do, I mean, I'm very, I'm very focused on my eyebrows because I was losing a lot of hair here. What in did my, you, you know, do my for brow. that? So I, I have a, two products, but one is um, Vegamore, V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R, which is a serum. Do you like it? It works. I do like it. Ooh. It does work. And I've been um, questioning. Yes. And they also have a lash one too, which is good. And it's plant face. So I like that yeah. part. So I don't feel yeah. like, you know, my eyes are going to change color. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. blind or something. <laughs> and then, um, and then I also, um, let's see, uh, for the eyes, I'm trying to think what else for the eyes. Um, oh, Neutrogena has an incredible liner. That's what I use for my eyes all the time. Cause it's the only thing that stays on because I am, um, I wear contacts and so everything, you know, fall drops off your face as you get older and yes. so you have to keep things that stay on. So for television, I do that. And I have mastered lashes now after all these years in front of a camera. So I use you know, eyelashes all the time. And that's what oh, I do you. That's what I do. Oh yeah. These are eyelashes. These aren't mine. Yeah. These are lashes. I've learned to just like kind of put them on. I can put them on a taxi cab. I can put them on anywhere. I figured out how to do that. So <laughs> you are my... skilled. I can't even imagine. I would be terrible at that. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a and, lesson. <laughs> and, and okay. So, so you, that's I have, I've, that's eyes. Is there, is there, you know, face I have so many or... body parts that need help, but I, uh... <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Go ahead. How, did you find, did you find sort of skin changes, um, happening with hundred percent? Did you really, yeah. I, I think that's my, like, my a... skin's gotten a little rougher, you know, like I have okay. areas and I'm like, what, when did that happen to yeah. me? And a lot of the fine lines around my eyes, you know, so um, look, I do Botox, but I don't do tons of it. Cause I don't want my face to look different than it did. Sure. So I was, I always refer back to my younger pictures. I'm like, okay, yeah. it's still not yeah. that far Is that off. still my face? Right. Um, yeah. Am I yeah. still the same? Are my eyes like, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so that's, yeah, skin definitely. And I, you know, look, I think it's inside out too. Like I've, I've really upped my water and I've really tried to be cognizant of uh, sugar in my body and inflammation. Yeah. Inflammation causes a lot of redness on my skin and I can't, mm-hmm you know, makeup literally like falls off my nose and falls off my face. So I'll have like a whole face of makeup and my nose will be nothing on it. Right. So I, I tried to make sure that inflammation is something that I'm cognizant of as part of my beauty routine. Um, I, that was my next question was sort of what's happening inside. I've seen you share about yeah. smoothies and things like yeah. this that you incorporate. Is that, is, are you committed to a certain way of you know, feeding you know, yourself or nourishing yourself, or you just, I keep finding more things I have to add, right. To my, <laughs> my, my daily routine. I'm like, okay, now I have to meditate and eat grains. <laughs> and like, you know, by the time I, I can't, I don't have time to get to work. Cause I got so much stuff I got to do yes. and put eye patches on and yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, but I do, I do, um, 
there's a, a friend of mine that has a company, a doctor, uh, Daryl Joffrey, and he has greens and I just do the scoop of greens in the morning and a little glass, like a little shot of them. Um, just so I know I get my greens in for the day, like, cause there's like 20 plus greens and other mm -hmm. superfoods. Mm -hmm. I feel like that helps me. It hydrates me. I feel like it helps mm -hmm. my digestion, bloating, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then I'm also um, really big with having that protein shake because I dump all the supplements in there so I don't have to swallow supplements all day long. Yeah. And so I make sure it has maca powder and vitamin D and um, the protein that I need and, um, you know, the, the um, and magnesium. So I make sure everything is in that shake. So I just feel like once I drink it, yeah, one most and done. of the stuff's done. Right. Yeah, that's, right. that's what I do with it. Okay. Um, finally. Um, are there maybe, I don't know, like three to five things you can, you would want to share, uh, with, with people here about making this season of life more dynamic, more positive. I think you, you sort of, you've laced a thread throughout this 45 minutes, um, anyway, but if there are things that sort of really come to mind for you that you would want others to know about this time of life. Oh yeah. I mean, I, look, I think that we're here for, I said it before, but we're limited. We're here for a limited amount of time. If you want to do it, you better go do it. Like there's not, there, there might not be, there might not be the someday. I think it's really, really important. I also think it's important to focus on you and not be worried about the competition out there or what might not happen. I think um, fear is such a Look, I don't, I don't ever say I don't have fear, but I do try to replace that with being bold and finding different areas that my boldness will come out um, versus being afraid of something and find all the reasons that it's not going to work. And I think being open, like I am, I am, um, I'm open to everything. Life is really unpredictable, you know, and you just mm -hmm. never know what's going to happen. And um, I think that we spend a lot of time chasing whatever it is we think we're supposed to do and don't always spend the time uh, with what we want to do. I think that's Thank important. Thank you. Um, Tamsin, what's, what's on the horizon? Anything you can share with us? Oh. Are you working on another book? I am. I'm working on another that? book. And a, you did. Yeah. And I'm working on a documentary. So um, it's called, it's not me, it's menopause. So oh, it's, you know, fantastic. it's more like, I don't know. I feel like it's, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Right. Uh, right. I, I feel like it's just one of those, like, it's, this is not who I am, but this is the menopause that's causing this for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an important, you know, it's important for people to know that there's like kind of a funny side to it. And, yeah. and at the same time, you know, we take it seriously enough to know that it could be debilitating in some ways, but you know, I, I think what I love about what you're doing in particular and what Perry does is uh, lets people know what's, about to happen versus what did happen. And mm. that's, I wish I had been on that side of it. You know, I yes. wish I had been on the side of where you are, which is like, here's what to expect. Here's where you're going mm. to be. Not, oh my gosh, what just happened to me? So I, uh, kudos to you so because true. I, oh, thank you. I think, I, I think about that a lot, sort of uh, younger women who maybe now can enter into this time of life, um, safely or whomever going safely. through menopause yeah safely and with wisdom and security and community and knowing questions to ask you know knowing what's normal what to expect all all of that i think is so wonderful tamsin yeah. fidel thank you so much it was oh, just a pleasure you. to meet you and speak with you i think i might be meeting you in person next month i'm not sure yes but... we are i'm sure yes. we are going to be at yes, several yes. different events <laughs> yes yes um thank you for this time and for you know sharing so much of your story and yourself with us daily but certainly here in this intimate space i really appreciate it thank you thank, thank you, you thank so you. much thanks right. everyone bye bye, bye, -bye. be well
Thank you for listening to our Perimenopause What the F podcast. The perimenopause journey can be lonely and it doesn't have to be that way. Make sure to download our free Peri app to connect with perimenopause warriors in the same stage of life. See you next time, Peri sisters.